0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. With me, as usual, who's out for one rare episode, is Vic Mattis of The Free Beacon. This is your morning show for any hour. How are you doing, Vic?
1: Hello, Mary Catherine. I am doing great. As you know, last Thursday, I was at my aunt's memorial in uh, New Jersey, and it was quite lovely. So thanks to everybody who sent their prayers, thoughts, prayers, condolences, and then Kate and I, we already had this planned beforehand so i'm happy the way it worked out the following day a long awaited getaway just the two of us it's i feel like it's been years since we just went away the two of us to charleston south carolina and it was uh the first time for either of us in charleston what a southern foodie mecca
0: it's a great place
1: I remember you telling me Savannah is Charleston's drunk cousin.
0: Yes, I prefer yes. the drunker cousin. I, no,
1: I, I, I like Char- I, Savannah's great, but you're right. It's, 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 it's less sloppy.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like, I, it's yeah. been a while since I've been to Savannah or Charleston. I would probably, I might enjoy Charleston more now because I have a little more disposable that's income. Right. Well,
1: right. Yeah, that's right. Well, here's the thing that what really struck me Aside from the most amazing food, including like, you know, fried oysters mm-hmm. and shrimp and grits, which were amazing at Husk.
0: You did make it to Husk. I was I gonna did ask. make it to
1: Husk. It was the best, one of the best brunches I've ever had. And in fact, we had I even started with fried okra, which Kate is not a fan, and she's like, Wow, this is really good. Are you an okra person at all? That's I that's like, south of you.
0: <laughs> yes, I but I like okra. Now it's a special occasion food. I feel like it's not I don't do it often.
1: Okay. It's like, okay. oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to, what are you going to do with it? And I I don't, I mean, not boiled where it's all like sticky and stuff, but rather when it's like this nice kind of a fried thing, there's a weird, there's just a slight bitterness to it, but I thought it was great. But what really struck me about Charleston was the ratio of girls to guys. In the oh, city.
0: is that a Opera. College of Charleston thing?
1: I don't know, but it was like, I felt like it was five to one. There were I don't so even know many.
0: College of Charleston is a, is a women's college, but I- No, it's not, like,
1: but there was- Everyone I'd, I knew who
0: went there was a was woman.
1: Was a woman, so right? Yeah. And there were just like bachelorette parties everywhere. You hardly oh, saw- maybe
0: it's becoming a new bachelorette. A bachelorette,
1: bachelorette destination. And so I understand there are people who go there for bachelor parties, which is fine, but I didn't really see any of that. It was mostly bachelorette parties. And the women are all dressed to the, you know, the summer I mean, dress to the no. nines. It's that's, the South. Is that it? That's- Because- you know kate was like you're not going to see this in new england you know you go up to you know no, this
0: is this is part of my part of my college career i didn't i didn't date a lot in my college career because i was like i will not enter a competition that i cannot win <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that how oh, wow. like, oh, i was like it. i cannot oh stop it
0: i cannot put in the effort that these other women do it's it's just going to have to be like workout clothes and oh, so you, up just, for you me. just
1: went the other direction Yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: and so i just like you know puttered along in college and then i moved to dc where i could my number could go up
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was thinking actually going to a school for the blind
0: uh, That's what I was thinking yes.
1: but it was a lovely trip uh hot humid but lovely and yes as you were saying they're all dressed to the nines so it was quite lovely visually and in fact i'm going back charleston next week and by myself just because oh. of that just to eat. I, yeah, well, yeah. And other things i am just, you know, security. a 36
0: hour eating sojourn. <laughs> I just want to explore the
1: bachelorette party scene. That's what I want to write about. Anyway, how are you? <laughs> you need a culture yes, piece on I, that. A culture piece on bachelorette <laughs> parties in Charleston. By the way, they have these, you know what? I'm such a sucker for the, wherever you go, they have like the the city like magazine, you know, the yes. magazines that they have. I, I bought the one for Charleston and it weighs about five pounds. Yes. And it's mostly real estate ads. Which is At one point I
0: was like, well, could you make a career writing for one yes. of those? Yes. I was like, I'd That's like what I wanted to do. In Charleston and just oh, write I would features love for the do. glossy.
1: Yes. Yes. Like it's right up there with writing for airline magazines back yes. in the 90s. You know, that would have been a nice gig. A Apparently dream. it paid very well. Uh, how are you? I loved the KSA episode. You and Kristen Salta Oh,
0: well, thank you. She was so kind to join us. And it was uh, such and- a delight. Yeah, she's fantastic as always. You should check out her codebook.bolton.com yes. and her her show on XM Serious as well on the weekends. I have no updates on her.
1: Uh, I was going to say pick the her. glow The glow is coming through the podcast. I yes. can feel the glow.
0: Yes, understandable. Understandable. Yeah. I'm good. I went down to pick up my children from North Carolina
1: oh, uh, this weekend. camp.
0: So, uh, how did so that yes, all go? We- it it went fine they were like i said they were masked minimally i will i will continue my complaining up the up the continue ranks. your crusade yes because you got to push people on it so i will do that and uh, they were fine they had a good time made made some a bunch of you know little crafts that crafts. they now brought home to put in their room downstairs so that's well this <laughs> is a like, good thing now maybe they the should girls. stay at the grandparents house <laughs> <laughs> so But a highlight of my trip home was that my two best friends from elementary school, I have three friends from elementary school who still live in Mm -hmm. my hometown and have several kids around the same age as mine. And two of them were able to come over to my family's house, to my childhood home. And my mom made us a a Sunday pancake dinner.
1: Oh, Sunday pancake dinner. Oh my goodness.
0: Sunday pancake dinner with all the kids. And we let them run in the sprinkler out in the yard and hung around with and, and caught up together. So that was those are it sounds I, idyllic. It was it was idyllic. I don't I don't get super earnest too often but those those are very special moments because it's it's really special to have friends from when I was 7 and that yeah. we still get along and we still stay in touch and our kids can play together and that's a It's a rare thing, thing
1: these days by the way.
0: Yes. You know, having I know. Like
1: childhood friends. I have a hand, a couple myself. One, in, uh, including from kindergarten and then another one from first grade, but you know, they are in different parts of the country now. Yep. And uh, most of my friends, I think left, uh, Tom's river. Like did they? they did stay. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, well, in Durham is my hometown is a little oh, it's, okay. it's, it's yeah. kind of yeah. hip these mm-hmm. days. There's plenty yeah. to do there in the education sectors and technology sectors. Uh, so people, so people have ended up coming back there when they've been yeah. other places. And uh, between my, how are, there are four of us, three, one who couldn't come, but four of us total. We have eight kids all, all told seven of eight are girls. So it's, it's quite a, quite an estrogen party over there. Something in the water. Yes. So we have all the ladies, enough ladies for like (laughs) several teams (laughs) ranging from about seven months to, to eight or nine years old. So uh, anyway, so that was a good time. I also on Saturday night, one of our couple friends here, we're go- they're they're gonna be stationed in Germany, so they're leaving town Ooh. soon.
1: Yeah, that's and, uh, happening because my daughter's friend, her family, they're moving out to Hawaii very soon too. Yeah. So this is all happening now.
0: So they are uh on their way soonish, and we're buddies with them, and they have two kids, one of one of my older kids' age and one yeah. my my baby's age. So yeah, we hang out and they threw a going-away party in which we all went to the goodwill, all the uh, all the couples, all your stuff. We all picked a name out of a hat of one of the other people in the party Uh with sizes on it. We went into the Goodwill and had a $15 limit (laughs) to buy an outfit for the person we chose. Wow. And then we went bowling in the outfits.
1: That's the rule. (laughs)
0: That's the rule. And it was very fun. I mean, I'm a Goodwill addict. So
1: yes, I thought you meant you were giving clothes to Goodwill. No, you're taking from Goodwill.
0: Nope, we're taking. I mean, all that stuff's going to go yeah. back. Like yeah. these yeah, outfits course. were not course, worn course. again. I, don't I
1: need to do that. I mean, I have like shoes and, you know, I mean, I hate throwing away shoes. I always feel bad about shootings for some, Unless they're yeah. like totally destroyed, you
0: know? I mean, I, I feel like I give and take at the Goodwill, but uh, oh, but good on this occasion, I'm sure you yes.
1: do. I'm sure you do.
0: On this occasion. Yes. But it was fun. And uh, the, oh, the pictures were were very fun with everybody in their ridiculousness. Although I would say that the person who got Steve did a great job, but it, yes. he had like a American flag tank top and matching shorts so it was very america and i walked out (laughs) into the bowling alley and i said don't you already own that outfit like it's not (laughs) not not far enough from his yes clothes uh he got uh steve actually picked me so he got me a crazy uh pair of (laughs) leggings and an orange mesh shirt so
1: and 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 how was bowling you, uh, bowling was fun. Bowling? I did.
0: I didn't break a hundred. I, I had, a uh, yeah, I
1: don't either believe I think yeah. I had, two I think strikes, I did maybe. Yeah.
0: But I still didn't break a hundred. Mm, yeah. Sad.
1: Yeah. It, Cause it, I
0: can't rep my thing in bowling. I can't replicate anything. All I can do is just toss it and see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, I think my, my the, the bowling ball is like a little too airborne for too long. And then it thuds and then rolls, you know? So I'll throw yes. it, I mean, I can throw it, obviously. I have, you know, I have the strength to throw it, but I don't have that nice fluid movement that where it just shoots into the mine, pins.
0: Mine just spins like any the and guided all directions. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. it's like pinball, like where you yes. don't really have as much control. I just, yeah. I'm like, oh, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so
1: Occasionally I'll play without the rail guards and I'll do okay.
0: No bumpers for that. No
1: bumpers. The bumpers. I feel I was like, "What do you call that thing?" Bumpers. All right. All right. Let's do, do some.
0: Let's do some news, briefly, if let's we must. Yeah. Okay. So the January sixth hearings are going on. Some of them are prime time. Some of them are during the day. Other times, I don't want to ignore them, and I also am not. I must confess, deeply invested in them because I sort of lived through January 6th. I watched the yeah. impeachment hearings, which yeah. were partly a fact gathering yeah. about that incident. I've uh, read into the subsequent reports on exactly what happened. And so now we're having this. So I'm checking in. It, do- it is hard for me to make it top of mind, I have to say. And I don't think that's a huge moral failing. I think that things that happened that day were dangerous. I'm interested in keeping them from happening again, particularly replicating the faithless electors attempt mm-hmm. in various states, which it must be noted has been tried before by our friends on the left yes. in 2016. I would like to Going prevent those back. things from happening. I'm not sure that's what the committee hearings are about as much as they are about some other things like political concerns. But nonetheless, we I think it's helpful to have the idea that this was just a, a nothing burger tamped down because it really wasn't a nothing burger right. like that's if you get too far away from it and people say oh it's just like a bunch of tourists at the capitol no no, if it was dichotomous there were some right. areas where it was confused people walk, milling about and there were other areas where it was very dangerous and scary
1: that's right if you, if you look at some of the videos where the protesters were marching up the stairs and the one lone Ooh. you know police officer is trying to stop them without firing his gun it was crazy, and of course, trying to break through the doors, you know, and 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 everything else uh, that happened, it was a mess. How much of it was an organized mess? I mean, obviously, that's something that they're they're looking into, and they have been looking into. But I feel like, as you were saying, this is a uh, this is a rehash of things that we already know. We knew it was bad. Being- I knew it was bad. It's awful. It is awful. But at the same time, you know, I mean, this is being run by, you know, who, you know, um, Jamie Raskin. Eric well, yeah, I sort of, as I Adam said, I, Schiff, sort of, really?
0: I, I know, Adam Schiff, I, I sort of the second I saw their their rift, their great rift in the committee about whether the outcome of this committee should yeah. be that they uh, dismantle the Electoral College. I was like, oh, I think we've lost the plot here, guys.
1: No. They, well, that's the thing. And it's you know there's a difference about what this could have been or should have been about and what it actually is and my suspicion my hunch is that this is about putting it in the front and center of you know voters minds as we head towards November
0: yeah and when they're fairly explicit about that as well yeah because but remember
1: they- this don't think about inflation don't well, think about that silly baby formula shortage no we want you to don't think about gas prices and if I, and, and if i'm this. like
0: if I read that as charitably as possible it is look the the Democracy was truly in danger, and so this is a thing we need to be concerned about going into another election. Okay, if I read that, but they are fairly explicit about the fact that this is this is meant to make this into the news cycle to make voters pay attention to this. One issue I have with it is the sort of condescension about whether people are paying enough attention to it, and a bunch of gajillionaires who don't have to worry about how much groceries Mm -hmm. cost telling other people that they need to spend their prime time hours watching this. Yes. And not worrying about inflation. (laughs) And it's like, well, that's easy for you to say because you're not worried that much about inflation.
1: That's right. Again, if you're Debbie Stabenow and you have an electric car, you know, five, uh, six dollars. It was not Debbie. Was it not Debbie 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 Stabenow? I believe
0: there was some, no, I was saying, I believe there was some other millionaire, uh, a former NBA coach today who was saying like, this is so much more important than inflation. It's like, these are both, Real things, guys. Right, right. Please don't condescend to people who care about it. Anyway, I'll play a, a brief clip of uh, of Bill Barr, who I generally find to be an honest broker, uh, which makes me in the real minority uh, in the media class. <laughs> but I I think he's a guy who DGAF generally. Like mm-hmm. he's he did his he's done his thing in Washington. He was trying to do the best by the job in a very complicated situation, and mm-hmm. here he is saying that like okay. basically everybody knew that that early night. Trump numbers that we talked about, you know, that we right. talked about for weeks around the election, right. were going to be changed as the mail-ins started being counted.
1: I mean, this happened, as far as I could tell, before there was actually any potential of looking at evidence. And it seemed to be based on the dynamic that uh, that at the end of the evening, a lot of Democratic votes came in, which changed the vote counts in certain states. And that seemed to be the basis for this broad claim that there was major fraud. And I didn't think much of that because people had been talking for weeks and everyone understood for weeks that that was going to be what happened on election night.
0: Now, this to me speaks to the sort of baseline dumbness of the conspiracy theory itself. right? Because Republicans set themselves up for this because they didn't want mail-ins counted until later. And so a lot of people were previewing, hey, these red numbers are going to go up. Right. On election and hopefully day. maintaining
1: that narrative was the plan. You know?
0: Right. So. And it's like, you could see this coming. It was, it was such a perfect storm of both sides not trusting mm-hmm. the system because Democrats did play some bad games trying to take advantage of yeah. 2020 and COVID-19 to make changes in electoral laws that they probably shouldn't have made in some right. cases. Changing the rules on the fly. And then you have this situation, which builds in Pennsylvania, builds, in right? Which builds a, a narrative and the 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 illusion of this yeah. huge Trump lead that gets wiped out. It's just, but again, did I not know this before? I knew this before, right?
1: Exactly. So, you know, I've met Bill Barr a couple of times. I once joked with him because I interned many many years ago at the Department of Justice when he was Attorney General, and I said, "Oh, I was an intern, you know, under you." And he says, "Really?" He said. I never forget a face, but I don't know who you are. So, <laughs> but nevertheless, it was friendly. And what I loved about that particular testimony that we were seeing regarding Bill Barr was when he was told that Trump said that he, you know, sucks at his job. And Barr just sort of laughed it off and said, yeah, that sounds about right. It was just, you know, he's It's Like, yeah, sure, that it is what it is. But in terms of getting people to tune in to it, Honestly, if you've seen some of the numbers, and we mentioned this uh, in the Washington Free Beacon, more people were tuning into reruns of Young Sheldon than yeah. to the primetime of the January 6th.
0: Look, I think I think it's a big years. ask. The primetime hours are also also known as like homework and dinner hours, right? Yeah, Like people yeah. have a lot going on, or, or soccer game hours. Those are-
1: <laughs> Right. This That's- is the kind of benefit that we now have with our uh, streaming and, uh, you know, sort of- uh, cable system that we all watch cable system. That's me as an old person talking, by the way, cable (laughs) you know, the different things that go on with your computer where you can watch later on DVR things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, who's watching? I like, Oh, I got to tune in. I'll tell you, I think the people, people's minds are made up. I think either way, people who know that this was a terrible thing, you know, the ones particularly on the left, who they'll tune in and it's just going to reinforce. Yep, knew it and tell me more. Okay, fine. But the people who don't, I don't think they're going to be convinced and I don't think they're tuning in.
0: There's also, and I-, I Can't compel I, people
1: to tune in. I'm sort of attempting
0: you know? to go into it with a, an open mind because I think that's a, mm-hmm. a, a good thing to do in general with awareness of what sure. the, the situation is. However, I will confess to being, especially because Adam Schiff is sort of piloting this ship, mm-hmm. To being a little burned by the repeated Roadrunner and Coyote nature of all of this, where they're always yeah. like, we got, we got to oh, to rights it. now, yeah, you guys. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I, I do not deny that he's a a dude who has done many bad things, but every time we get here, it's like, we're going to, we're going to sort of selectively give you information mm-hmm. that feeds the thing that we're saying we're going to make each of those points into a really, really, really gigantic deal such that you can't actually tell which ones are new information and important information versus routine information. Yeah. And then in the end, it'll just sort of come to like, well, we did the thing. That's what it feels like every time. Does it not feel like, and by the way, Russiagate, I was very burned because we just learned two weeks ago that, you know, that came straight from the Hillary campaign. That's
1: right. And yet you'll see for example, late night talk show hosts continue to make the uh, Trump-Russia jokes. Like- oh, no, because
0: there's never been a reckoning about that. No,
1: no, not at all. So that that is bad. And again, you're asking people to think about Trump, keep Trump in your mind, because it's very hard because he's no longer president and he's not on a major social media platform. Right. So they're doing everything they can to keep him front and center. And when in fact, there's the fear of stagflation, there's the fear, fear of a looming recession, and the stock market tumbling and people who are postponing retirement as a result?
0: Yeah, it's that's kind a, of an issue. We can we can play a little audio of this, but uh, the the new press secretary did not have an uplifting answer for this when she was asked about people who are close to retirement. Okay, hey, so as you say that Americans are well positioned to weather this stock market decline, what is the president's message to somebody who might want to retire, but their 401k is getting wiped out?
1: So we know we know that the that higher prices are having a real effect on people's lives. We get that, and we are incredibly focused on doing everything that we can to make sure that the economy is working for every American people. But we are coming out of the strongest job market in um, in American history, and that matters. And that a lot of that is thanks to the American Rescue Plan, which only Democrats uh, voted for that.
0: Republicans did not, and it led to uh, this uh, this economic boom, this historic economic boom. That we're seeing Didn't with jobs. This becomes electorally problematic if you ignore voters big concerns too much and then go further and lecture them about caring about those concerns. That's right. It does not play well for you. So I think that's sort of on the table as Democrats are are, are running this thing, not entirely. And, 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 and
1: really uh, quickly, looking back at this, Biden, and the Democrats should be extremely thankful that they did not push and succeed with the building back better.
0: Whew, man!
1: Because then they'd really have a lot to answer for. They wanted. They more. wouldn't think so. You no, know, that and and there's their answer is that they could still have done that and other things, and that inflation itself would not have been affected. But no, incorrect. I think that's not going to sell.
0: Incorrect. Somebody had a great uh, GIF the other day. Of uh, quote was, oh, "There's no solution to inflation. What are we to do?" And then there's just a GIF of Milton Friedman hitting the stop button on a printing press of money.
1: That's great. <laughs> that's yeah. That's how you could that's do it. it. That's how it's done.
0: Oh, speaking of spending money, yes, the Senate has come together with an alleged compromise on something—school safety, mental health, gun, yes, control-related. It's uh, ten Republicans and ten Democrats. And you know, when the Senate gets together, we're going to spend some money. That's uh, <laughs> if they're going to—they're going to agree on something. That's yeah. the one thing that's we're right. going to do. So there's a there's an outline for what might be able to pass in the Senate. It includes expanding some of the the background check and NICS mm-hmm. flags to things yep. like domestic violence next. convictions, for instance, which seems very the, reasonable.
1: To the me. boyfriend loophole. Yes.
0: Yeah, so the domestic violence conviction seems reasonable to me. There's another thing that's restraining orders. That one I'm not sure about because if that has not been adjudicated, yeah, and it's perhaps brought. With not too much evidence, mm-hmm. then that is not a reason you should strip somebody of their rights. Other parts of it are money for mental health, community, community mental health centers, money for school, mental health, and maybe a little bit of school sure. security, that could... more hoops for 18 to 21 year olds mm-hmm. to jump through and then grants to states for possible creation of red flag mm-hmm. laws right now. Again, a couple of these things, uh, particularly the convictions for domestic violence, like making sure all that gets in the system. Great. Yeah. Do that. Um, as long as it's something that has been adjudicated. So that person has had due process. Now, interestingly, do you know who, you know, who threw a flag on this? Speaking of flags. Uh, yes. Our friend AOC. Oh boy. Threw a flag on this. Let me, let me pull up her tweet about it. Or it's not her tweet, but she was uh, talking to a, a she's reporter. Yes. Yeah,
1: she's concerned.
0: She's concerned. Let me, let me get to the why. So she told a reporter she's worried about the criminalization in the gun framework, particularly the juvenile criminalization, the expansion of background checks into juvenile records, because it would, it would basically Nick's NICS would look into your juvenile stuff, thereby not being able to expunge that entirely, which is what some people do when they become yeah. adults or get benefit of when they become adults. I want to explore the implications of that and how specifically it's designed and tailored. So she's worried about a couple things in here to which I say, I think it's a very reasonable concern, Representative AOC.
1: Uh, uh, Yes.
0: That the government creating a new restriction would tilt either inadvertently or intentionally in favor of those in power in government and not the citizenry without power. The issue is that we're not really allowed to have those takes on legislation because according to many people, including AOC, if you have a criticism, it means you just want children to die.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: So I would like to... I would like to, oh, you love to hear it from me. I would like to hereby say (laughs) that I don't think that AOC wants children to die. I think she has concerns about what might ultimately end up in this bill and the unintended consequences thereof.
1: So this is really interesting because everyone's talking about, oh, there's, you know, there's movement that this can finally happen. You know, Matthew McConaughey and the whole thing, he could make this, he helped make this happen in the Senate. And they've agreed they got at least 10 Republicans on board. So they will get at least 60 votes for this thing. They're agreeing on principles. Nothing is actually written, right? I mean, this, I mean there's no like, there's no set draft about here's what we want. And then they're going to send it to the Dems and, and the House Democrats, rather. They're ready to conference it. They haven't conferenced anything yet. And they can easily throw a wrench in this. But the concerns that you mentioned that AOC have has, other gun rights owners have as well. These are second and fourth amendment right concerns. And so there was a actual, you know, a Supreme court uh, decision from last November, v. Strom. the ACLU took yeah. the side of the gun owner yep. who was considered to have been a threat to himself and police came and confiscated his guns. And it was the ACLU and a unanimous Supreme court ruling in favor of this guy. So she's not alone. A lot of people have concerns over these red flag laws and certainly You know, what's going to happen if, for example, you're in high school and you needed to talk to a counselor, Mm -hmm. you know, does that show up and does that prevent you from having the right to bear arms because you had some early concerns? If you were uh, a veteran and you served this country, you know, faithfully and you suffered from PTSD, does that affect your right when you are discharged, honorably discharged to own a gun? So, I mean, it's just... Very it's complicated. Fraud. And I'm not saying, oh, you know, let's not do anything. But these are the problems going forward with with, with you know, gun laws. And sadly, I'm just I'm just not going to hold my breath.
0: Yeah, there's also hilariously uh, a crackdown on straw purchasers and unlicensed gun dealers that is already law. That's, right. That's already. Yeah, lost.
1: no. And yes, so... exactly. And, and for listeners who are wondering that, meaning that like, I can't buy guns and give it to somebody else and say, hey, here you go. You know,
0: so, like so. just let like, us enforce that law. Yeah. And then I think when it comes to the red flags, because I do, I am concerned about due process, which is what the Supreme Court found in this other case is that that person was not given due process. They can't come and take your fundamental right because of a possible future crime. It's very, it gets very minority report. Yes. Right? That's a
1: precogs.
0: Yes. So that's the issue with that. Now, this does not do federal red flag law mm-hmm. which would be very hard to adjudicate and likely have no due process at all because they would just totally ruin that. Yeah. Uh, just not just not do it at all. In states it might be more manageable, right? Mm-hmm. But the grant is coming from the feds, which makes me wonder what kind of power do the feds have to set the rules for Well, this yeah, state? that's right. And that's how right. long before it's just taken over by the feds because that's what they actually want anyway.
1: Right, and, and who's deci- who's making the decision about somebody whether or not that person can have the right to own a gun? Is it some bureaucrat? Is it somebody who's a licensed, you know, psychiatrist, psychologist? I don't know. We don't uh, know.
0: Because none of this
1: is all, again, these are all principles. None none of this is actually. Well,
0: it's not on, it's not on the page. Wait
1: till even, yeah.
0: And then uh, a rare moment where myself, the National Review editors and AOC agree. National (laughs) Review raises this question. Does the federal government really want to impose a standard that would in effect prohibit the full expungement of juvenile records in all 50 states? That is a question. That is a real question. Yeah even if we think it might help in some instances, right? Instances. Uh, And then lastly, my issue with this is every person on the left involved with it has been tweeting or saying, this is the most important and the only significant step we have taken in 30 years. That is not true. (laughs) That isn't true. And it suggests to me, in fact, in 2017 or 18, yeah, March of 2018, President Trump signed into law the fix-nicks thing, nice. which Chris Murphy himself, the guy who's spearheading this, was part of then and, gra- and bragged about it being the first thing we'd done in 30 years. They just cleanse themselves of that to pretend as if we have done nothing.
1: So we can get this thing, whatever so it is. Past, the new and thing done it, and to then claim
0: something. that that doesn't exist. So within right. four years, this one will not exist either. And I, I understand people being thinking that's a raw deal. Because yeah, it is,
1: it's frustrating. I know. I yeah.
0: So we will see. We'll stay on top of it. But those are the the concerns outlined and the, the rare agreement AOC yeah. and me. Maybe not for the exact same reasons, but I think it's okay for people to question whether the government can actually pull these things off and make yeah. a better situation as they yeah. say they're going to. Right? Or it worse. It's not just in the name of the of the bill, like the American Rescue Plan yeah. was called yeah. the American Rescue Plan, but I don't feel that rescued. You know.
1: It was. So. <laughs> It's the American inflation <laughs> plan, so.
0: <laughs> all righty. We don't, I don't have anything very uplifting today. I'm sorry. No,
1: no, because I think you wanted to talk about Supreme Court.
0: I do. Briefly, let's talk about, so.
1: Because it's all anyone, if you turn on the TV, that's all they talk about.
0: Because, oh, you know, gosh, yes. what
1: happened to Brett Kavanaugh.
0: <sighs> so this is a thing that bothers me about the, the political violence narrative, is that January 6th must be top of mind right now, 18 mm-hmm. months later, mm-hmm. while we're doing this. And I'm happy to give it attention and to try to keep an open mind and see what else I'm learning.
1: We talked about it on our show.
0: We've talked about it several times. However, what gets me is that if you point out other political violence and suggest maybe we should care about those things, no, you're the hack. Because you, wanna, you would like both sides to be held accountable. Now, recently, as you'll remember, <laughs> Justice Brett Kavanaugh, there was an attempted assassin who luckily, when he co- was confronted by U.S. Marshals, turned himself in. He had a pistol, a knife, some zip ties. He had plans. He confessed to wanting to kill yes. the justice because of forthcoming Supreme Court justice, Supreme Court rulings mm-hmm. and just an overt attempt to make this Democratic process not work. This part of our democratic system not work to subvert it. Steve Guest, who's uh, an advisor on communications for for Ted Cruz, he watched all the Sunday shows this week and found that the number of mentions of Kavanaugh, according to a search on TVI's, which is what everybody uses to pull clips, yep. zero mentions anywhere but Fox News Sunday.
1: Well, I mean. To be fair, if this happened to like Justice Sotomayor, I'm sure it would be buried as well. No one would really cover that, would they? If it was like, let's say if it was like a a white supremacist type person wanting to kill and being arrested, I'm sure they would not want to pay attention to that.
0: Either. Silence. Silence, silence,
1: would that, would be silence.
0: It's bad because what it what it says is that there's one kind of political violence that's basically OK. And
1: the others that are that are not and we'll we'll show you which one just tune in and we'll let you know which one matters and which one doesn't matter it's awful and it's awful uh thinking about this on two levels one is the actual violence itself which seems to it's it's not stopping it seems to be escalating and the 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 you know the decision has not yet been rendered it's not official yet and so what is going to happen after that happens also the attacks on these various facilities and churches, particularly pregnancy yes. crisis centers. And yes. I'm trying is- to understand that because it's like, let's attack the place where young women can care for their babies and where we are helping young women care for their babies. Oh, you just, you know, firebombed it. So, because you want them to have an abortion instead. Is yep. that's what's going on?
0: So this is reported by Sarah Westwood at Washington Examiner. Attacks against crisis pregnancy pregnancy centers, some of them faith-based, has risen steadily since the leak of a draft opinion in the case Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. A Washington Examiner review identified recent incidents of arson, vandalism, or both, at at least 13 anti-abortion centers across the country. Police are investigating alleged arson at a crisis pregnancy center in, center in Buffalo, New York on Tuesday after a fire destroyed much of a Christian pregnancy center and injured two of the firemen who responded to it. Other ones are in Kaiser, Oregon, Oregon, Madison, Wisconsin. Some involve Molotov cocktails. This would be a very large trend story if it were the other way around.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And
0: and not even a trend story. I'm I'm talking like like every front page. Every front page. And again, part of the breakdown, and I think the increase in extremist means on both ends of the spectrum mm-hmm. comes from the pa- fact that people don't believe there is a standard. There's not yeah. a, There's not an equal standard. There is Sorry. a, well, these guys say that their cause is righteous and the media basically says, yeah, that sort of is righteous. So we take some violence that goes along with that. And then the other side goes, well, I think my cause is righteous. We think about that. Yeah. And that is and- a dangerous place to be. <laughs> Because th- it's is not a great not not a great place for a democracy.
1: Right. And, and, and sadly, that's the place that we are. We are right now, which is, you know what? Forget about both. We're, we're just going to this is wrong. And therefore, we're going to take a stand in our sort of journalism practice and take one side on this. And so that the other side will get short shrift. And right now it's the pro-lifers who are getting the short shrift as bad as it's getting. And what's going to happen, for example? God forbid something happens with Amy Coney Barrett, all her kids and the threats against her that are now being, you know, we're hearing about. By the way, going to church and everything. What are they going to do? Will that be covered?
0: All the White House can muster is like, you know, we don't really have a say in where people protest. It's It's like someone in leadership just say, hey guys, the in-person stuff at the, by, by the way, what argument are you, can you possibly mount that being in front of the, School of the children
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the justice is meant to is be okay. a protest versus intimidation. I don't think there's an argument for that.
1: Well, well again, it's as you were saying it because it's ends justifies the means. So that's how they allow it.
0: All right. We're going to we're okay. going to okay. we close out. We're going to take Give me five something minutes. We'll take five minutes on something goofy. Give it to me. <laughs> I found this in the New York Times. Caviar bumps are all <laughs> the rage. <laughs> Speaking you know, I I guarantee you the people who do caviar bumps are watching January 6th in primetime and telling other people that they need to be paying more attention. Yeah,
1: that's right. In between their bumps.
0: Yes. Uh, Jimmy Han, 41, a bar owner in Los Angeles, was at Coachella in April when he and four friends decided to do a, quote, bump in a pop-up seafood restaurant, though not the kind you may be picturing. After ordering a seafood platter, he opened a golden tent, a gold tent of Regis Ova, caviar poured a spoonful on his fist between his thumb and index finger and then proceeded to lick it off with his tongue like salt after a tequila shot people used to get high off drugs mr han said laughing as he crushed the fish eggs against the top of his mouth now we're getting high off the food i look at coachella that's not the only thing anybody was getting high on for sure (laughs) that's gonna say
1: (laughs) it is nothing is nothing sacred that's not well at
0: least they're not snorting it uh, no, then- when you,
1: when you, when you, when you sent me the link about the, bu- the uh, the, the, say the cooking bumps, the, the caviar bumps, I thought, I said, don't tell me that this is a new thing about where you're snorting caviar, please. Yeah. No, but it is. So, I don't know. I mean, this is like, this, this is like the whole, f- the fad of doing pickleback shots, you know, the pickleback shots, which is, yeah. oh, you got to do the whiskey because you got, you don't want to taste that. So you got to do the, the pickle juice after that, to cover it up. If you're not having the caviar on a blini or on some very nice toast point. The proper way, of course, is with the mother of pearl, the mother of pearl spoon, because it's, you know, non-reactive mm-hmm. uh, and you get, you know, for the pure enjoyment of it. And and I imagine that licking it off your hand is probably more reactive as a surface. I, right. Maybe maybe if your hand is particularly salty, maybe it adds to it. But I just think, I mean, caviar is ex- it's very expensive. I've only had like good caviar maybe twice in my life, like for real. Right. I mean, there's different versions you can get. You can get domestic caviar. Yes. And it's not that bad. You'll you go to a party, but but like real, like uh, it's like Ocetra, Savruga, so- Ocetra, and then beluga, right? Probably from Iran or Russia, right? Russia, Scourges, yeah, the Black Russia, Sea, Caspians the about. Yeah. And that's really fancy and I think it's ridiculous. Thank okay.
0: I'm going to read for you briefly just a what sounds like real rationalizing about this trend. This is like half Gen Z. This is Gen Z nonsense okay. plus a lot of disposable income. Are you ready? When Miss Shirley entertains friends at her apartment in Soho, they drink champagne and do caviar bumps around the kitchen island, quote, I love caviar bumps because you don't have to put together a huge cheese board and get all the crudité. she said. You just need a tin and a spoon. Okay. So I'm a little bit there for that because that <sighs> seems like a lot less effort than other situations. But then she goes on to try to make it sound better. As a self-proclaimed caviar connoisseur, she prefers the taste that way too. If you put caviar on blinis or chips, she says, or put chives or red onion, it masks the flavor.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, two things really quickly. One- is she doesn't tell us how much the tins cost.
0: Well, there's a price to the
1: convenience. So she probably said.
0: Hers are costing $200 an ounce.
1: She's going to say, yeah, for a little tin. Okay, that's right. Second one, I don't even own an island. I have island kitchen island envy. Forget (laughs) about the caviar. I'll take the island.
0: There's there's any number of things there. A soap apartment, champagne, caviar, and Mm -hmm. a kitchen island. I need all of those. I don't even, I barely have the spoon.
1: No, you know what this is? It's a trend that reminded me of like Elaine eating the Snickers bar with the fork and the knife. That's what's going on yes. here. It's it's ridiculous. All it's right. ridiculous. Well, we'll get okay. together
0: and have some. caviar. Oh, good,
1: we'll good, stuff. good. Uh, you know what? Uh, a listener to the show, listeners, send us some caviar, particularly beluga. The,
0: the really good stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Right. Petrosian, we'll, something really nice. Getting Hammered Investigates. Coming soon to a podcast near you. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, guys. Go ahead, Vic. With okay. I was going to
1: say, oh, okay. Well, that wraps up another edition of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you can follow me on Twitter at Victorina Mattis.
0: I'm at MK Hammer on Substack and Twitter, MK Hammer Time on Instagram. And, uh, you know, we'll report back to you on these bumps. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.